Hello, Facebook world, this and YouTube and LinkedIn. Trish Jenkins here with Joyce Weiss, the queen of conflict resolution. So we are going to hear uh, her some stories, but also some practical strategies about dealing with conflict in the workplace and perhaps in some in uh, some personal relationships. And we are going to get straight into it right after this. The strongest prison bars are in your head. Leaders and teams, it's time for a jailbreak. Well, hello, Joyce. Joyce, welcome to the program. Tell us a bit about yourself. Thank you. Oh, I'm thrilled to be here. And I love that intro, by the way. That promo was <laughs> fabulous. So, yes, I am the queen of conflict resolution. And I help um, organizations and individuals to make sure that everybody feels heard and respected so they can go kick conflict to the curb. So it's whether it's coaching clients, whether it's virtual training, um, that's what I'm all about. And there's, there's a reason why I do the unheard stuff, because I was unheard. But I'm not going to share that story. I'll share it. I've got another one that I think is even better. Well, we but, might sit out of you during the broadcast. At okay, I'll talk fast. <laughs> <laughs> so tell us um, how you got into this and, and what you would um, like us to know about. People ask me all the time uh, why I got into conflict resolution. And when I tell them that I married a lawyer, they start to laugh. And that's exactly why I got into it. Because um, when you marry a lawyer or you're around lawyers, they, they're great at um, making people feel defensive and their negotiation. I didn't have a chance uh, to exist in this relationship with that kind of mentality. So I had to figure out my own plan without getting a divorce to figure out how to make it work. So this was years and years and years of um, figuring this out. And as a result of that, just a few months ago, I remembered what my turning point was in my life and why I started conflict, doing conflict resolution. Because if I can feel heard, which I am now, to whomever, anybody can. So that's my story, Trish, and I'm sticking to it. Oh, that's so good. That's that's just really good. Um, I'm just I've just got a notice saying here that it's having a bit of trouble streaming to LinkedIn and to keep checking it. So hmm. uh, apologies for that. So we'll see. These are the, one of the the thrills about going live. Uh, but we'll see, we'll just see how it goes. And if it doesn't, then uh, we will share it there manually afterwards. So, um, yeah, I was trying to resolve that while you were speaking, but anyway, that's fine. That's good. Now, look, I was looking at um, your website and I, and I also read some of your background and your bio and, um, You've got some amazing stories and I'd love to, well, here's the thing. I'm interested in conflict, you know, I, I or resolution. I mean, 
you know, as you know, I, I spent eight months incarcerated with some very, very difficult mm -hmm. people. And I'll tell you what, that just honed my conflict resolution skills. And sometimes people don't necessarily have the logic when their emotions are high mm -hmm. to, um, to, to deal with stuff. And what I learned to do actually turned out to be some of the things that you suggest for people. And uh, when I did your quiz, because you invited me to do the quiz, which yes. I will put up here. In fact, I might even do that. That's the um, con kicking conflict. Mm -hmm. uh, there's a free assessment. I'm going to put this on the screen and I'm also going to put the website up. Um, so you, we've got kickconflicttothecurb.com. You make got sure. that. Yeah. Kickconflicttothecurb. Kick this is where you'll go to see it. And there is, see here, there, there is the take the free assessment. And then I did that. And then there was some uh, follow-up that came from that where there were some great suggestions. So um, talk to me about, well, you said you've got a, a story to tell that's a professional one, but, but also some lessons from that that you'd like people to be able to take away. Well, do you want me to tell you my professional story first and then? Yeah, let's or, do that. Okay, then we could definitely. Um, have you ever made a mistake, Trish? <laughs> a, a huge mistake at the proudest moment of your life? Well, I did. In 1993, I received my certified speaking professional designation from the National Speakers Association. And I was beyond excited and proud and something happened to my brain. Um, all humility went out of, of the window. Now, you're going to love this story, I think. So I was ready to get on an airplane to go to Atlantic City to open up a professional organization with a group of customer service reps. And in the airplane, they said, God, these people are so lucky to have a CSP speak to them. Do you understand what I was going through then? Not the best mindset. So I started to believe in my own hype. And after five minutes, I got on the stage, 3,000 people walked out of the room. I'm going to repeat that. 3,000 people walked out of the room and I was obviously devastated. What in the world did I do to make these people walk out? And I went to my, the hotel room and I said, oh, what's the first thing that we do, Trish, uh, is we blame everything. Oh, it was a lousy time. It was after lunch. Everybody was tired. The ventilation was wrong. Was poor and nobody could breathe very well. Then it dawned on me. I don't like playing victim. We all do play victim, eh, maybe if, if it's a little while. So that's when it, I got the answers. What went wrong? Again, believing my own hype. I didn't do the normal um, research that I usually do. I didn't know that these customer service reps were at the beginning of their career, and my opening was way too advanced for them. I didn't do self-care, uh, which means I didn't go to sleep early. Why should I? I'm a CSP. So the third thing that happened to me, I was already, to, I wanted to quit. I mean, 
3,000 people, it's a lot of people. And, and here I thought it was so good. Then I called home and I warned my husband. I said, you're going to get a basket case when I come back. I walked in after I got off the airplane in Detroit, Michigan, and there was a bouquet of flowers that said, you may have bombed in Atlantic City, but you're dynamite with me. And that's, yes, oh, that's when it dawned on me. These life lessons from 1993 were so important to me. So when I tell the story, I got to be real here, Trish. I have some coaching and speaking uh, friends and colleagues who say, don't tell that story. Oh, my God. Well, let me tell you why that I'm throwing those comments out the window like we should to most people that tell us not to do something. Every time we reveal something real about us, people relate to us better. They feel more comfortable. They build a trust. So when I tell and, and express some of my feelings about life, we have to concentrate when things go well and we need to celebrate and we also have to have balance. Like what I did, transfer all the way from no humility, oh, aren't I cool, to, to now, hey, every time I do a program, which if they're all virtual now, I'm always saying to myself, they could be that 3,000 people. Make sure that you do the research, you have self-care, you don't concentrate on doing everything well and just think you're great. And it's the other side, too. When we make mistakes, not to stay down for a long time. That is the lesson. Because we don't, and that is such a big one. Because we cannot equate our success when we make mistakes and say, oh, my God, I'm terrible. I suck at whatever. That means we're human beings. So this is one of the reasons why I share this story, because people say to me, oh, my God, 3,000 people didn't walk out, but can I share mine? Voila. Wow. It's so true. When we share our vulnerabilities, yep. it just makes things so much easier. And I, and I do find that myself with, with the story of, you know, having failed so colossally, I thought, I don't want anybody to know. But when I do share out of it, it gives people permission to be vulnerable themselves. Yes. You know, so that mindset of lifting ourselves up out of it is is really, really important and finding the lessons, finding the lessons quickly. That's great, Joyce. Thanks. Oh, oh, I, I, I that's what I was thinking because I know you're, um, you asked me, which I was so honoured to be on this show on, on Trish TV and... I said, oh, God, which 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 stories? Because I have so many stories like we all do. And at this stage of my career, if I'm not authentic now, mm -hmm. when will? And this is what I share, you know, with my with my clients, with my students in the class. And Trish, some of the conflict resolution uh, strategies that I have. They're all in the Weiss, listen to that, I just created this, the Weiss Communication Success Plan. And there are five strategies that people go through in my, in my class or, or in coaching. So um, when people have conflict, I'm finding 
Okay, you're talking to me, so I'm going to share with you know some of my experience with yep. corporate clients is that they don't feel heard, and they don't feel heard. They you're, don't you're, feel heard. So when they come to me, and I belong to a coaching summit where I learn from the best coaches all over the world, and some one of the coaches said, clients go to coaches many times. And we don't know the reason because what they need is what the coaches had to go through. So mm -hmm. here, me not feeling heard, that was one of my issues when I was younger. And I had to figure out how to feel heard. Now I'm the queen of conflict resolution. Wow. So sweetheart, if I can do it, mm -hmm. anyone can. Yeah. So give us one of those five. About oh like maybe something something someone can do maybe tomorrow to just shift so that they can feel a bit more heard. Okay, this is the fifth strategy. Let's go right to the top. It's called verbal aikido. And mm -hmm. uh, let's say somebody pushes you. Uh, what happens usually is that we push back. So in verbal aikido, I uh, let people know that the person who pulls back is is the one who is stronger so there i was um doing a live presentation to a group of firefighters and i was talking about a couple of the strategies so there was a individual who raised his hand he was right in the face he said joyce you seem like a really nice lady and i was waiting for the butt but this isn't going to work on the streets because we've got homeless people and Blah, 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 blah. So I said to myself, I said, Joyce, uh, which I actually did. What are you going to do? You got all these people looking at. He would push you and I use verbal Aikido. I said, Rick, you're right. It's not going to work on the streets. It's going to work in your office when you have bullies, which they did. They had bullies in their office. And he said to me, Joyce, you're right. Thanks for setting me straight. So when somebody pushes you tomorrow, let's say somebody pushes you, makes you feel defensive, instead of pushing back, figure out maybe it's parent saying the same thing. Um, you you so repeat it. Agreement and then take yes. it further. Yes. Yeah. Instead of pushing back, it's going to work. No, it's not. It's going to work. I agree you're right that just i saw him relax now you can't say you're right all the time if they're wrong so then there are other uh that's when the other strategies come in yeah and because so often we want to have that no i don't agree with you no you're you're wrong because but uh if you can get alongside i, I often see it like this that that um, it's easier to move someone to your track if you're heading in the same direction. So you find that place of commonality, like say, yes. you know, find the place of commonality and then move them over. So Absolutely. That, so that it's a slightly different, um, just a different way. And and people are so used to pushing back or, or oh. you know, forcing the issue that it disarms them to see that you actually agree with them you know like i agree with you and gosh what are we going to do about this part of what we're doing because it really doesn't seem to be working so well love that can you give us another one joyce another strategy yeah give us another oh strategy. oh wow so we all have triggers the, the triggers oh. are 
strategy. Okay. Oh, I'm going to stop you there. Okay. Just I really want to, triggers is a buzzword now and it's so important. It, it's, I'm so glad that you brought this up because we don't realise how, if, how easily people do get triggered and how we can ourselves. And we often blame people for getting triggered. And so I really want people as they're listening to pay attention to what you're about to say because triggers are real and uh, they're important that we know how to deal with them. I just wanted to scaffold that so that people really pay attention. Keep going, Joyce. Well, I'm glad I said something that gotcha. This is good. So triggers, it's anything that creates, that we allow ourselves to be stressed with. It could be a person. It could be a restaurant that you don't want to go to anymore because a loved one used to go there and this person's not alive anymore. So I used to have a trigger. This person's still in my life. And I used to go nuts. The minute this person opened up her mouth, um, I just always either said something that I wish I didn't or I learned to leave the room. Now, you asked, this is a chair. This, and Hopefully, can you see it looks like a chair? Okay. Yep. So I want you, Trish, and everybody else watching, listening, the next time... You have a trigger, someone that just you allow to drive you crazy and you're with them a lot. Think of them as a chair. If you get mad at a, at a chair for being a chair, that's sort of crazy. So why should we get mad at people for who they are, whether it's negativity, whether they're narcissists, whether they're bullies, whoever that trigger is, think of them as a chair. This sounds insane, but it worked. Well, you're you're going like that, so <laughs> I think you got it. And people say this is silly. That then they say, "Oh my God, my trigger doesn't bother me anymore," because oh. I don't. They do things because of who they are. Stop wow. taking it personal, folks. It's usually sometimes it is us. It usually has nothing to do with us. Wow. And and uh, we've just had David Dio uh, add, hello, David. Good to see you. Did see uh, you comment on here that, uh, yes, it's great. And triggers are real. No, no. So, um, yeah, thank you for your contribution, David. It's great to see you here. And uh, David is um, an American who, who visited Australia and we had the pleasure of hosting him. Oh. And uh, I believe he's still single, girls. So, no, I <laughs> don't very handsome, very snappy dress of this young man. Ooh, so, now, great. he'll probably never post again because I've just embarrassed him. So, <laughs> so. No, it's all good stuff, David. Enjoy it. Enjoy the moment of stardom. Very good. Okay. Oh, look, and, and this is the thing. It's becoming aware of it. So think of the person as a chair. I hadn't thought of that. I good. thought, you know, um, often I'll think of them as uh a small child that's frightened and angry and because they're frightened they're acting out because that anger is a reflection of fear mm -hmm. and you know not having control and so I'll often picture them as a small child having a little tantrum and that um, takes out the the intimidation you know for me and uh, oh, trust absolutely. me absolutely I did see a lot of temper tantrums when uh, I was away 
and people and, and they have a lot of triggers too because when people have been abused or had had and mm-hmm. most people in in that kind of disadvantage have there's a lot that sets them off and there has mm-hmm. a lot of mental illness and you can't see mental illness you know if someone's got a walking stick, no. you see walking stick but you can't see the damage that's gone on here no and so we can't always expect people to behave in us and the other thing we can't expect to do is to is to know what our triggers are and be sensitive to them if they don't know what they are and often we don't so oh absolutely matter yeah. of fact with my my daughter she she's just like i am so sometimes we get along great sometimes we don't because we're both very open very focused and so um i did ask her about a month ago trish i said i know my what my triggers are and honey her name's Wendy. I said, Wendy, I know I'm a trigger to you sometimes when I talk about work too much or this too much. So I said, please tell me, what, are the, what do I do that triggers you? And sure enough, I was right. You know, I, I knew some of the things that I do. So I said, you know what? Do me a favor. Go like this the next time I talk too much. I don't want to be your trigger. And so help me. We're having so much fun. She goes going like that the minute she sees me. So that's not supposed to happen, right? That's, <laughs> that's true, yeah. And I guess when we recognize our own triggers, we go, oh, hang on, I'm being triggered. You can always come out of yourself and recognize and go, ah, I don't want this to have power over me anymore. No. So you've got to find a different way to look yes. at it. It kind of goes both ways. You know, I don't want to go around trigger, triggering people. No. But I also don't want to go around stepping on eggshells either. Exactly. So we consider, and that's quite a, a relevant conversation in this era that we're in of of political correctness and people being offended and and sometimes rightly so. And sometimes it's, you know, when an older man calls me love. Yes. I don't mind. You know, okay. I could get offended and say he shouldn't talk to me like that. Mm-hmm. But you know what I do? You know how I respond? How? I answer and I call him sweetheart. Why not? Now I am of an age where I can probably get away with it, mm-hmm. but but it's 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 not always meant in a derogatory way. It's no. it's the era that they grew up in. Mm-hmm. So it's they're learning to change kinda, but it's not always just because someone calls me like it, Look, often as they don't remember your name. Right. We do in Australia. We just call it's... each other. Men don't call each other love. You know what they do? They call I... each other mate. Yes. That's great. Uh, 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 mate. That's what they do. That's good. I like, I'm going to start using that here in the States because <laughs> I go, well, you know what, what you just brought up about a gentleman and you're not reacting, somebody else, it would be a trigger. You know, it depends on their background, the, the woman's background. Well, I know one of my missions besides getting everybody heard and making sure that they, they find their voice with Joyce. Okay, a friend of mine came up with that. Is is if find the is that there's healthy conflict and conflict that's not healthy. And that's my biggest mission is to show people that conflict can be so good instead of putting it underneath the rug. There's no rug there, so I don't know why I did that. But to sweep it under the rug. And so all of these things that we're talking about today, it's uh, some things that we shouldn't bring up. 
hold hold your tongue. You, why do we have to have conflict with every conversation? Of course not. But if you're going to bed angry or or, or um, insecure or not confident, then that's an indication that something has to be done. I mean, this is huge with me. I'm I'm having discussions with people, all whether they're coaches or my clients, and I'm not going to ever push anybody if they're not ready. But man, when when they're ready and they open up the door, I go, <laughs> okay, let's talk about what you need to do to feel heard, to get the respect you deserve, all that good stuff that we've been talking about. Well, that just sounds fantastic, you know. But it, it's we we can't assume that everybody's <clears throat> has been brought up with a thing called simple good manners. That being considerate, you know, that someone's considerate. If you if you consider it, then you you just pause and you're kind of thoughtful about that person's background, mm-hmm. and, and that perhaps they they do see things differently. Um, and often we just assume that everybody's had the same upbringing as us. Yes. Yeah, and and yes, it goes both ways, but expecting someone else to be, you know, just just know how to do things, Mm -hmm. Um, and some people should, you know, if they're a leader, they should have been trained, they should be put in, Hmm. you know, they should is about the most disempowering phrase you can use in your vocabulary, what you can Mm -hmm. do proactively work on what I could yes and and how can I help and even is it necessary and sometimes it is sometimes you do need to say hey you know when when you use this phrase Mm -hmm. uh, I actually interpret it this way because of the way I've been brought up Mm so it would help me if you could you know this and you make it about the issue and not about the person thank you Oh, okay, that's probably one of your. One of Thank your, you. Yeah. Talk to us about, that. Talk to well, us about separating the person from the issue. Well, let me tell you another. I'm going to give you all this. Not all, but here's another strategy that totally goes with what you just brought up. It's called making conversation safe. I don't want to. I do want to. Mm. I don't want to cause stress between us. I such as if somebody's like the man who. No, not that one, because that didn't bother you. Oh, I, I, I don't um, want to create stress between us. I don't. I do want to have an important conversation about boundaries. You can have that conversation about, oh, I love that dog's bark. What kind of dog? Sorry, I, I just muted my mind. <laughs> oh, I mute. Hey, the dog has to be heard, Trish. <laughs> We've probably got a delivery uh, okay. So, um, no, I just quickly muted it, but he's, he's fine. So That's fine. We all have to be heard. Dogs are. He's keeping us safe. Yes, yes. From the delivery driver, the truck that comes up <laughs> the driveway. So, look, we're working from home. I do my best, but he is my working buddy, my working companion. If he's oh, not that's here, great. he's scratching at the door. So, it's all good. It's all Please. great. <laughs> See, we, we acknowledge the disturbance and yes. then. We move on. <laughs> so, yes. Trish, I don't want to create stress between us. I do want to have a great interview, and that dog is an asset. Okay, so, but do you see what I did? I don't want to. I do want to. You can use that for almost everything. Now, then you got to go deeper and deeper. But when people say to me, I don't know where to start, 
And that's what we do in, in the class, Kick Conflict to the Curb. We start at the beginning because people come and they are coaching clients. Where do I start? So we got to take baby steps. We were talking about that when we were, you know, before the, the show started. We all have to take baby steps. And when you have a plan, like anything in life, then you can transform yourself from wherever you were to where you want to be. But you can't do it on your own. At times we can, but many times we can't, especially when we try and try to, oh, I'm going to deal with that bully, but nothing happens. So, I'm going to be that is so good, Joyce. I, I want to make sure that we... Um, remind people that and there's so much more that could be said but i do like to keep this under half hour so mm -hmm. that people find yep i can watch that and it's not just if you want more of what joyce is bringing to do with conflict then by all means go to kick conflict to the curb to get the respect you deserve remembering that other people deserve your respect too of course so uh, and take the free quiz that uh, the free assessment and see where you fit and then uh, see what some answers might be. But by all means, I highly recommend uh, what what Joyce offers, what she's um, what she's about. She's a professional speaker. She's a trainer. She knows how to do these things. And uh, Joyce, I just want to thank you so much for being on the show. You've thank been you. fun and interesting, and you haven't made us feel badly for getting cranky with people. You've given us some great strategies. So uh, thank you so much for being on oh. the show. Well, thank you so much for asking me. I have had so much fun, and that's part of life. Conflict and fun. You can have both. You don't have yes. to be so serious and angry all the time, folks. Amen. All right. Catch you later, everybody.